Tell me. Tell me. Tell me. Tell me. Well, welcome to Belong Church. We're so glad that everyone is here with us. And it's so good that we finally have some warm Texas weather instead of the icicles that we're, we were having the last couple of weeks. And we don't need a fire in the fireplace this morning, but it is a great, great morning. And I, I'm just so excited about our service today. And we came finally this week and we're finally able to get some more stuff going. And it's just great to see all the effort and the momentum that's going on there. And as few minutes ago in the announcements, I want to circle back that we are making a transition from Facebook to YouTube, and we're supposed to be live on it this morning, and it didn't work out, but we will be live next week on it. So everyone that wants to go out and check that out, that's going to be a great place, and I believe we're going to have a lot more energy and a lot more traction with that. And so we're very, very excited about that. So if you haven't already, go and find us on YouTube. Just simply search Belong Church. And then you can click the subscribe button, and then there's a little bell right beside that you can click, and that gets you plugged in. And then you'll be able to see when we're live, and you'll be able to see when we have new things that post up there, and it's just going to be a great, great, awesome thing. Isn't it awesome to see the technology and how much easier it makes following things? Because there's plenty of people that I follow, because I listen to more than just myself, and I will listen and watch things during the week. It's just so awesome to be able to have this and Lenore and I now play tag team back and forth on sending podcasts and things to listen to. And I don't know who who does better at actually following through and listening to them, she or me, probably her. But anyway, welcome to everyone with all of that. So uh, we're going to continue. I'm just going to jump right in. Um, I've mentioned it every week that I, I started the message based on a download that I got on speaking with a friend of mine and someone that I, I'm having intentionality with and, and speaking about the things of God too. And, and the comment was made about, I do one component. And I said, but there's more to God than just one component. And that component was prayer in this particular instance. And someone else I've heard that says, hey, I, I read my Bible. And I said, but what else are you doing? And, and sometimes I think that all of us can think that we just are doing one thing, and it's great, and, and, man, and I'm not minimizing baby steps at all. And if you can only do one thing and just do one thing at all right now, and start, that's, a, that's positive growth in a direction, and I'm not belittling that in any way. But it's like, to me, the analogy that I got is the, like the ingredients of making a cake. And I grew up in a home where my mom taught me to bake, and, and I really enjoyed it. I particularly enjoyed eating it afterwards, but I, we did it from scratch. So we didn't do the Betty Crocker box where you just dump it in there, add a couple of eggs, and then go. We actually measured out every one of the ingredients and blended it correctly. And so because I have that in my background, I have the image of that that gave me when it came to this um, principle of God that we can have all the different ingredients, but if we miss some, the cake isn't going to turn out like we want. And of course, the scripture that we're using during this whole period of time is John 10.10, where Jesus is talking about, and and I I say this every week, but I, I want us to really get it deep down inside of us, the, the parity between the two sides of, of the world's way and what the devil does and how he comes at us and, how, and what God has to offer for us. And Jesus says in John 10.10, 10, the thief comes, or the enemy, or the devil, some translations comes, only to steal, kill, and destroy. 
And to me, that's on this side of the teeter-totter, of the, of the uh, pendulum that's going back and forth. And he's over here, and all of life is trying to rob your joy, rob your peace. It's trying to steal from you your sanity and, and how you're making it through your day. And ultimately, the devil wants to kill you. But Jesus says, I have come to give you life to the full. And I don't think we can see a different distance between them than the two. One's trying to be the worst thing possible, and I just love the way it's phrased in the NIV, life to the full. And so when I look at that life to the full, and as I think about it, it becomes, well, what is it that lets me do that? Because as we've been looking at, just accepting Christ doesn't mean that all of a sudden you don't have any more problems, and everything that you've ever struggled with is never going to be struggle again. In fact, we still have struggles as Christians. In fact, a lot of the New Testament talks about when you go through problems, when you have difficulties, when you face adversity. It's not if you do, but when you do. And you have to be able to be prepared for that. And it even talks about you should count it all joy and it should be a happy day when this stuff comes at you. Why is that? Because it's producing this life to the full. It's, it's helping you to go through things. And it's not only in the New Testament, it's certainly in the Old Testament as well. The last few weeks, we've looked at some of the ingredients. Number one, we start off with prayer. And prayer is integral to everything. That You know, if, if you don't have anything from God, it may be because you're not asking. You're not spending that time with Him. And even though He knows what you need, He says, I still want you to ask. And then we looked at the Word of God and, and reading the Word of God and then speaking the Word of God. And all of these are out on our podcast and on our previous service videos you can go look at and watch if you want to. And, then, and of course, we looked at endurance and perseverance and just being able to, no matter what, I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to let anything stop. I'm not ever, 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 ever and keep on going with the evers and the nevers. I'm never going to stop. I'm going to do it. And the Bible says, don't get weary in well-doing. We looked at it that it's a relationship, that it's not just something we're just doing. We're not just checking out boxes here, but it's a relationship. And of course, the last two weeks we've been looking at faith and that it takes faith to please God and how we're going to relate to God and how we come to God. And, and faith is in, intertwined with prayer and reading the Bible and endurance and all these things. They're all like when we're mixing that cake, we take all these ingredients and we put them in the bowl and then we stir them up. And all of a sudden you can't tell where one began and another one starts, but now they're all mixed up and now it's becoming the aggregate total. It's the same thing with our lives. And the more we do this, the more we head in this way of life to the full. But may I suggest to you this morning, I'm talking to you about a, a life change that's happening. And, and, and I said at the beginning of this year, and I challenged many, many people, and, and many of you that are listening to us online and, and that are coming to church, you, you've heard me say the 52-week challenge, to, to give God a year and see what next year will look like. After 52 weeks, what does life look like? But what I know is going to happen is the same that happens to me, is your life is going to be changed. You're going to look back a year from now and go, I had no idea that this was even possible. But can I suggest to you this morning as part of our ingredients that it's not merely enough for you to experience the goodness of God. It's not enough to just have your life transformed. But in so many ways, we have to take it another step. 
Why do we want to have life to the full? It's awesome to have it as a personal benefit where my, my life is changed and, and, I, and I'm, getting, I'm reaping the benefits of this. Where I used to have anxiety really bad. A year from now, you look back and go, wow, I haven't had a panic attack in I don't know when. And, and the changes come subtly and you don't necessarily know just like, bam, right now it changed. Sometimes it does, but very often it's as you win. We, we've looked at that in the past that Jesus even sent several miracles. It didn't happen right then and there. It happened as they walked through the process. But as we're striving to have all of this change in us, is that all? Is it just for me to increase, is it just for me to get my life together? That's good, and that's wonderful, and it's, it's absolutely part of it. But is that what it's all about? Many years ago, there was a song written by Amy Grant, or sung by Amy Grant, and it's called Fat Baby. And I, I, wrote, I pulled down some of the lyrics because it was, it was kind of humorous to me at the time, and it, it never made it really big on the charts because it's kind of a, a, a smack in the face. But here's the words. I know a man, maybe you know him too, You can never tell. He might even be you. He knelt at the altar, and that was the end. He's saved, and that's all that matters to him. But he's in his spiritual tummy. It can't take too much. Once a week, he gets a spiritual lunch. On Sunday, he puts on his spiritual best and gives his language a spiritual rest. But he's just a fat baby. And it goes on to talk about that it's just about consuming, consuming, consuming for that person. And, and, and I think that is indicative of many of us sometimes. And, and I think it is part of being a baby. And when we're born again, we start walking through this transformation. But how many of you know that we shouldn't still be acting like a baby when we're not two, three, four, five years old? We need to grow. And we need to increase and and we stop just being a consumer only that can't do anything for themselves but we actually start walking it out can i tell you something that living the life of god living to the full life to the full is here and now it is a process but it is for us now It isn't something that when you get to heaven, everything's going to work out all right for you. Heaven's going to be a perfect place. And and I I tell you, there's a a video of an experience that Jesse Duplantis had that God took him to heaven. And and he was able, much like the... John wrote down in Revelation of what he saw in heaven. It was, it was similar. And Jesse comes back and he talks about it. And, and it's something we should probably play on, on, a, on an off night that everyone can watch it. Because it's just amazing. But as he, as he talked about getting there and he saw people that were just arriving and people had been there. And, and he saw that, you know, it, it was just a crazy experience. But one of the things that sticks out to my mind in his recounting what he saw was where God wanted people to be completely life to the full and completely just enthralled and getting fed by his word, that many people that had just barely made it there, they could only walk a few steps, and they had to eat some of this tree that was up there, and it would give them more nourishment, and it took a process. What process wasn't done here was done up there. And I don't want to get too far off here. But we see that this is meant for us here. It's meant for now. It's meant for us to bring heaven 
to our lives. It isn't for us to just live our life on Sunday and say, okay, I was living for God today. I went to church. I read my Bible today or maybe even during the week. Okay, I'm reading the one-year Bible. I'm pulling out the app and and I'm doing this and I, I do the first 15. I pray for five minutes. I worship for five minutes and I pray for five minutes and then I never look back. I know our lives can get so crazy that at the end of the day, we're like, oh my gosh, I can't even believe it was a blur today. But I believe that heaven should come into our now. And that's part of living life to the full. And part of the reason I can say that is when the disciples asked Jesus, teach us how to pray. And and I can't talk about this scripture in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, without being amazed and recanting this every time. This is the only thing they asked Jesus that's recorded. They asked Jesus, help us, teach us how to pray. So in verse 9, Jesus says, this then is how you should pray. Start off with our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And, and if there's one thing that even people who aren't really into church and don't really know a lot about God, they know the Lord's Prayer. And, and I would suggest to you it's more of the disciples' prayer because Jesus is teaching us how we're supposed to pray. But look at the next verse, verse 10. It says, your kingdom come. What kingdom is your kingdom when it's talking to Father God? It's talking about heaven. Your kingdom, let heaven come. Your will be done. So in other words, your will, not my will. Let this be that it's not me living my life for myself. Whatever makes the best for Kevin. But let me live my life for you. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Look at this. On earth as it is in heaven. As it is. That means I'm supposed to be pulling heaven down to earth. As it is in heaven, that's the way I'm supposed to walk in earth. So when it comes to people saying, well, how do you know what the will of God is? On earth as it is in heaven. Is there sickness in heaven? No, there's not. Then as it is on earth, as it is in heaven, then I can believe and say, God, I'm asking you to heal this person. I'm asking you to heal myself because as it is in heaven, you said, Jesus, these are your words. This is in red. Our Father, you're in heaven. You're looking down on us. Hallowed be your name. Your your name is amazing. But let your kingdom come. Your will is done on earth as it is in heaven. What I'm telling you is heaven is for here. It is for now. It isn't a way till you cross over and get up into heaven to go, okay, now I can have life to the full. No, it's for here and now. After Jesus finished his entire earthly work, he was crucified and he was raised from the dead and he spent 40 days with the disciples after being raised from the dead, he is giving them instructions. And in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus says this. He goes, I want you to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses. Look at this. My witnesses in Jerusalem, 
in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jesus says, I want you to be my witnesses. Jerusalem represents our local city. So for us, Jesus is saying, I want you to be my witness in Plano. Judea and Samaria is the, the country that they're living in. We could say in Texas and in the United States and to the ends of the earth. So there's not a part of the earth that he says we shouldn't be concerned with and we shouldn't have an influence as a witness of who he is. But what are we being a witness of? When Jesus says, I want you to be my witness, what are we being a witness of? What do I have to offer Jerusalem or Plano or Judea and Samaria, Texas and the United States? And, and what do I have to offer the entire earth? What witness can I bear? Can I suggest to you, it is the life change that has happened from me moving from living in a world where it's trying to rob, kill, and destroy me. And I've walked through the process of, of living life to the full. And where I'm pulling heaven down, where I'm saying, God, on earth as it is in heaven, that life change that happens in me is going to be noticed and be witnessed by those people that are around me. What am I giving witness of? His word. When you're reading through the one-year Bible and if something jumps out at you, you just take the time to share with somebody around you. Man, I was reading in the one-year Bible this morning, man. I can't believe, can you believe this? Look, look at what it says right here. You're being a witness. But, but you see, it's not rules. It's not, well, you've got to do this and you've got to do that. That's not the kind of witness. That's the kind of stuff that's a bad witness. And it's like Christians always have these rules and, and you got to do this, you can't do that, and you got to, and oh, that, that just sounds stuffy. That just makes my, my throat close in just talking about it. No, the witness is a life that's changed. When you see the same problems, two people are going through, one has Christ and one doesn't, and you see you're going through the same thing I do, but how in the world are you happy? How in the world are you counting it joy? I want us to look at a scripture now in Luke chapter 9. If you'll turn with your Bibles. And we're going to go into chapter 10, a few verses. But we're going to, we're going to look at it really quickly. At the story and how this progressed. Now as the time approached for Jesus to be taken up to heaven, Jesus made his face he set resol resol resolutely set for Jerusalem. And he sent messengers ahead who went into Samaritan villages to get things ready. Look at that. He sent messengers ahead. He was sending people ahead, and we'll see in a minute who, who he's sending ahead. But he's making preparations. He had plans. He was sending them because he had plans that was going to go on. He wasn't randomly just going, oh, I feel like we'll walk this way today. No, he had a plan. He had purposes. And we as a church have to have plans and purposes. And this is what it's going to look like. And we need to know when Easter's coming up. And, and I'm going to talk about that in a few minutes. And, and we need to have plans of where we're going. Anyway, I could get so caught up in that right there, but I won't. He sent messengers ahead who went into a Samaritan village to get things ready for them. They're going in and say, hey, Jesus is coming, and I want to tell you what to expect, and this is what's been happening. 
But verse 53, but the people there did not welcome him because he was heading for Jerusalem. So there was this big political rift where the Jerusalem people, the Hebrew people, did not like the Samaritans and vice versa. And if you were there and you were going there, then they didn't want anything to do with you. It's it's much like the dichotomy of our world today. Of If you're for this political thing, then you can't be friends with me. And if I'm this way and it's this, all this stuff, it was all messed up. See, that's nothing new. So when they heard that, they were, that Jesus was heading for Jerusalem, they didn't want to have anything to do with him. So they're like, just keep on walking, Jack. Verse 54, and when the disciples, James and John, saw this, they asked the Lord, and I love, they're, they're getting so an- anxious and just so hung up and just like a toddler would do. Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven and destroy them? God, do you want us to call in an airstrike and just wipe this whole place out? And, and Jesus turned, and I, and I had this highlighted, and it was supposed to be uh, underlined, and rebuked them. He didn't rebuke the city that didn't, re, re, um, that didn't receive them. He rebuked the disciples for wanting to destroy them, see, because they weren't ready for the move of God to happen in their hearts. And they said, no, just keep on going. Jesus is like, that's okay. When you talk to people and you, you're trying to describe the, the kingdom of God is here and now and, and what's happening is I'm pulling heaven into me and on earth as it is in heaven, as you're doing they're like, oh no, I don't want to hear any of that stuff. We want to say, oh God, just strike them dead. But you see, Jesus will rebuke us because he knows another day will come. And in fact, another day did come that he was there traveling through and he had an encounter with the Samaritan woman who went to the village and brought everybody out to him and it was the right time there. Verse 56, and then he and his disciples, Jesus' disciples, went to another village. Verse 57, as they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I'll follow you wherever you go. Amen. Now that's somebody that wasn't with him. So I'm guessing it's somebody in that village that heard the word of God and the whole village says, nope, we don't want anything to do. Just keep on walking, Jesus. But one man says, Jesus, I'll go. I heard what you're saying and and I'll go to church with you. I'll follow wherever you're wanting to go, Jesus. I'll go. Jesus replied, the foxes have dens and the birds have nests but i don't have any place to lay my head then he said to another man so not just one person came out from that city but another man came out and he said hey follow me and he replied lord first let me go and bury my father jesus said to him let the dead bury their own dead but but you go and proclaim the kingdom of god man just in the time that i've in my people i sent ahead were telling you about the kingdom of god and telling you what's going on and telling you about the kingdom coming into here now you're saying man i want to be a part of that jesus is like come follow me and he says go and claim let those other people deal with that stuff because you've got to call god on your life verse 61 still another said so all of these people it wasn't just jesus and the disciple just keeping on going but they did make an impact and some people were privately following around can i suggest to you this happens in our lives as well we'll talk to somebody about the gospel we'll talk to them about going to church we'll talk to them about a transformation that's happening in us and some people are like oh no just keep on going i don't want to hear nothing about that jesus stuff But then somebody will come and say, hey, 
I, I want to, and, but I want to do this or this. And I, I had someone recently say, you know, I know I'm probably going to accept Jesus, but right now I want to keep doing this, but I know I'm going to do it in the future. We need to be patient with those people. Chapter 10, verse 1. After this, after Jesus had this experience in Samaria, he keeps walking through. Wait, wait, wait. He was walking through where Samaria? Didn't he say go into Samaria and Judea? It's part of what he said in the Great Commission to do all of this stuff. There, the people was his assignment, and yet he says be patient with them. Oh, I could get hung up there. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them out two by two. So 36 teams to go what? Ahead of him. To do what? To every town and place where he was about to go. Again, we see that God has a plan for a region. He has a plan for a town. He has a a plan for places that he wants to move. And that person that he's sending out is often you and me today. And this is what Jesus told them. And you've heard this probably a few times if you've gone to church hardly at all. Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest fields. Go, I'm sending you like, and this is so interesting, like lambs among wolves. Like lambs among wolves. When you're going to work and you're having the life to the full godly responses to people and you're not cussing them when they're cussing you. When you're getting unfairly treated by a supervisor and you don't turn around and cuss them whenever they walk away and run your mouth about them, they're like, you're weak. Can I suggest to you? You're weak like a lamb. You need to be more like a wolf. You need to go after them. And no, Jesus says, no, I'm sending you out like lambs amongst the wolves. He goes on to say, do not take a purse or a bag or sandals and and don't greet anybody on the road. You don't need to, to make everything work out perfect for you. But when you enter a house, when you get where you're going, where I've sent you, first say, peace to this house. When you walk into a place, declare the peace of God. When you walk into situations where people are, declare. The first thing you do is declare peace. And we say hello, we say hey, we say hi. In Jerusalem, in the Hebrew language, it's shalom, which is peace. The greeting is peace. We need to bring peace first. If we're not bringing peace, what are we bringing? We're bringing chaos. Chaos is around us all the time. And where does that fit into Robbing, killing, destroying. First, bring peace. Goes on, verse 6. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. And if not, it will return back to you. If they don't receive it, what you sent out is going to come back and, and you go. Just go. But if it works, stay there, eating and drinking, whatever they give you for to receive whatever they give you for the worker deserves his wages do not move around from house to house but when you enter town and you are welcome eat what's offered to you now he's sending you to towns he's sending you to this place and he's what verse nine here's what you're supposed to do heal the sick 
who are there and tell them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. The kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. There's no sick people in heaven. So I'm going to bring heaven to earth and I'm going to heal the sick that are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. But he goes on, verse 10. But when you enter a town and they're not welcomed, go into the streets and say, even the dust of your town, we wipe off our feet as they warn into you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come near. Isn't it interesting? It's the same word. It's the same phrase. One, you're healing. You're, you're obeying God and God's doing some miracles and happening there. Another, they're not receiving. And they're both replied, the kingdom of heaven has come near. Can I suggest to you that you can pull heaven on earth as it is in heaven down into your life and you can walk into it and some people are going to receive it and some people are not going to receive it. But the kingdom of heaven was still near in both. But I want to tell you, it's incumbent upon us to share this with others. Jesus said again to Jerusalem, your town, the nation and the whole world. Very quickly, I want to re-describe to you, because we do this every year, usually around Easter. We're following the patterns of Church of the Highlands. But there's four different classifications that we believe that everyone will fit into. And we have this that's going to come up on the screen. There's A, B, C, and D. A, someone who would say, I'm already a Christ follower. So we believe everyone's going to fit into these categories. I'm already a, a, a Christ follower. I'm a Christian. Or B, hey, I've been looking at it. I've been deciding about it. And I've been looking and seeing what's going on. And today's my day. I'm going to become a Christ follower today. C, I'm still checking it out. I'm kicking the tires. And that's perfectly fine. That's wonderful. D, I'm never going to follow Christ. You go, ah, that's harsh. The first time I heard Pastor Chris say that, I'm like, ah, I, I can't imagine that. I, I, I don't want anybody to say that. I don't want them to be that to be their response. But everyone falls into those four categories. Can I challenge you this morning to figure out which category you're in? Then I want to further challenge you to find someone, just one person, in each of the other categories and put intentional be intentional get involved in their lives just one person in each category but we get so entangled with us fat babies sometimes that we miss them you should always have someone that's helping you up, that they're, they're further on the path than you, that they're, they're reaching a hand down to you and you're reaching your hand up and they're helping you up. You should always have somebody on your level that, hey, we're going through this together. You should always have someone that you're helping up. We should all be on that, on that ladder. Pastor Sherman used to describe it as the ladder to success. There should be somebody on the rungs above you that you're following after them should be people right there with you that you can compare what you're going through. And there's people below you that you're bringing up. But I want to tell you this morning, your now is not your next. 
And I felt such a pro- prophetic anointing on this, this statement. Your now is not your next. Where you're at today is not where you're going. It's a progression. Your now is not your next. Your now is your seed, but your harvest is coming. God is using what you're preparing today and now for your harvest next. Let me say it this way. Your test today is your testimony tomorrow. What you're going through today, that struggle, as you're transforming from this life over here of the world into life to the full, when you get over here life to the full, that which was a test is now, hey, you can do this too. But what's a testimony? When you're de- de- describing and declaring the good things that God has done in your life. Look at Revelations 12, verse 11. It says, and they overcame him, the devil, by the word, the blood of the lamb, and because of the word of their testimony. The blood of Jesus. Jesus had to pay the price for my sin. I could never do that on my own. There's no way, there's no, no scenario that you could take the blood out and just say, my testimony is good enough by itself. It'll never, ever, ever happen. The first thing is the blood of, of the lamb. Jesus' sacrifice is absolutely everything. But the way I overcome the devil, the way I overcome adversity, the way I overcome all the struggles and the things that are coming against me is by applying the blood of the Lamb. Jesus, I accept you as my Savior. I surrender my life to you. I choose that I'm going to follow you and not the world's way. I want to live life to the full. And then when we get there, we also overcome it by the word of our testimony. That word testimony literally means witness. It's the same word that Jesus says, go into all the world and be my witnesses. He goes, I've done my part. Literally. I stretched up my arms and I, and I spilled my blood. And now you do your part and be a witness for me. And says, that's how they overcome the enemy. We overcome by the blood. By the word of our testimony. That's how I overcome, but it's not only just for me, it's also the mission. What good is a testimony if you don't share it? Last week we looked at the the scripture says, how will they know unless somebody tells them? Likely you know about God because someone shared with you. As we close... Easter or Resurrection Sunday is coming up. It's April the 21st. It's not that many weeks from now. Again, I'm going to ask you, who can you purpose today to be intentional and invite? Even those of you that are watching on the stream or Facebook Live or next week on YouTube, who can you invite? Even if it's just to your house. Hey, you want to come over and we'll make some lunch or something afterwards? Or you want to come over and watch with us? Hey, can you join me? That you know, I I I don't make it to church that often, but I got this church that I'm I'm watching them from home. And can you watch? I'll call you right before it starts. And we all could invite someone, but can we find somebody who's in one of those four categories? 
someone who's checking things out, even somebody says, I'll never accept, that's fine. Can we be intentional? Psalms 37 verse 3 says, trust in the Lord and do good. It says dwell, which literally means settle down, plant roots, and then cultivate faithfulness. Faithfulness is what we looked at last week, that faith, putting your faith in God. Number four, delight your, verse four, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. But it's twofold. He gives you the desires and he fulfills the desires. Delight yourself in him. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he will do it. That's all talking about bringing the kingdom of heaven here. Will you bow your heads with me? Bringing heaven to the earth. On earth as it is in heaven. Lord, let your kingdom come. It comes through me. It comes through you. This morning, may I ask you, do you trust in the Lord? Is his kingdom come being revealed in you? Are you that witness to what he's done? Have you placed your trust in him? I want to invite you to take this journey with us, with me, with my wife and I. If that's you this morning, It's just a simple prayer. I want to invite you to say. If that's you, say, Jesus, I've tried to do it on my own. But my life's a mess and I need you. I ask you to come live inside of me. Save me. Change me. Show me what and how to do it. Make me more like you. I'm changing my mind and not living by what I see, but by what your word says. I choose to trust you. I put my faith in you. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. If that was you this morning, I want you to take the next step. And that's pull out your phone. I want you to text the word next to 469-289-1114. That's the, the number we use for all of our communication with the church. It's, it should be at the bottom of your screen for everyone who's watching. If not, it will be there shortly. Text NEXT to 469-289-1114. And those that of you that have, have asked about how to give to the church and those who want to support you can go to give to belong.com and that leads you right in the way and as we close up we're also using the connection cards for the purpose in the building or you can get it outside as we talked about on the on on the announcements but we really want to hear from you texting us next but if you're here you can also fill out the paper card and fill out your decision today and then tell us any prayer requests you have So if you'll stand to your feet with us, we're going to pray and we're going to be dismissed. Father God, I just thank you for the blood of Jesus, first of all. And while while that sounds so creepy and it sounds so religious and it sounds so churchy, it's simply the sacrifice that Jesus gave 
so I don't have to pay my sins. But Lord, as I, as I start following in heaven, coming into this earth, Lord, as I bring heaven as it is in heaven into my life on earth, Lord, that I, I start developing a testimony from the tests that have happened in my life. Where I'm at now isn't where I'm going next. And as I get there, Lord, you're there and you've prepared a place for me. Lord, I pray for everyone who's made that decision and people that even now are still making that decision. Maybe someone's even having to rewind the podcast to say that prayer. God, we give it all to you. And again, we say, let your kingdom come in me. Let your will be done through me on earth as it is in heaven. Father, speak a blessing over everyone who, who texted that next to the number. To everyone who filled out a connection card. For everyone who made a decision today. And Lord, for everyone who sowed into your kingdom through tithes and offerings and giving this week. We speak a blessing over all of them. We declare your kingdom here and now with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.